0: Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. Today on the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with members of Collaborative Divorce Austin. We're talking with attorney Sarah Saltmarsh and financial professional Jennifer Fiala. Thank you both for being with us today.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you, Tim.
0: So uh, let's just kind of begin, first of all, with this question about collaborative. Um, what what attracted you to the collaborative divorce process? How did you end up getting involved in it? And Sarah, if you want to go first on that.
2: Well, we first became aware, I'd say broadly aware, of the collaborative process about 20 years ago now in, in the Austin area. And it appealed to me greatly from the beginning and I joined one of the very first groups that formed in Austin. I was attracted to it because I have a strong belief that the best resolution of family law matters is amicable and is done you know through negotiation or cooperation as opposed to a litigation process. The other thing that appealed to me greatly was that clients were much more they are more involved in the collaborative divorce process And even in the collaborative law process, if they're doing um, a non-divorce family law matter, they get to participate in many meetings. They are not just Mm -hmm. seated in a mediation where they do not see their spouse or the other attorney. And they have a great deal of involvement and input. And many clients find that extremely appealing, as well as uh, the fact that they can help preserve the relationship that they have with the other party, which is very often a spouse or perhaps soon to be former, it's more amicable, it can often be uh, more cost effective. Um, the timing depends on each case, but we do try to streamline the process so there's not overlap with financial experts um, and uh, and lengthy discovery.
0: So, Jennifer, as a as a divorce financial specialist, what appealed to you about Collaborative?
1: Yeah, just to thank you very much, Tim, and thanks for having me. And to build on that, to build on what Sarah said, I think the most appealing um, aspect of collaborative is commanding and um, giving clients the autonomy and the process to make their own decisions. And so with a process like this, you talk about amicable, amicable is an aspect of this process. It, It requires work and commitment, which really helps families stay in control of what they want their outcome to be. And that is what collaborative allows uh, them to do. It allows them to stay autonomous, it allows them to get educated, and it allows them to really take command and control of their outcome. All the meanwhile, working with professionals who truly are dedicated to helping them get creative about different solutions. And that just doesn't present, creativity does not present itself in the traditional litigation process.
0: Um, And so that part of that autonomy is the clear understanding that you're not gonna to go to court, right? Right.
1: Exactly, and that is that is a big distinction with collaborative, right? Um, Sarah could talk on the legal aspect of that, but what i like to say with regard to the financial aspect of that is not going to court saves families time, angst, energy, and money. And money is critical because every dollar we save a family using collaborative process is a dollar they are now dividing amongst themselves and not to us as the professionals.
0: Sarah, do you want to add anything to that in terms of of the commitment to not go to court?
2: Yes, Um, I very much agree with the comments that Jennifer made about creativity and control, because whenever you enter a full-fledged litigation process, you lose complete control over the process. And when you're trying to work out terms yourself, you maintain that control to help shape the outcome. And that's where creative, uh, you know, brainstorming comes into play and allows you to think outside the box in ways that may be unique to your family. But, and Jennifer is also quite right about uh, collaborative divorce or collaborative law being a cost-saving process in many instances, but it also saves intangible costs that that can't be measured monetarily, like the emotional cost, the emotional cost and turmoil of going through a protracted case with someone, very often, with whom you have an ongoing relationship for life.
0: So part of this process is that that you have a team. what is the team made up of and what are the roles of the team members?
1: I'll take a stab at this. Um, so our the team is really comprised of each client having their own representation. Uh, via an attorney and so you have two attorneys on the team and then we like to use a mental health uh, process facilitator and then a financial neutral like myself and so the team is four professionals and two clients and we like to call that the total team because clients come up with ideas uh, lawyers come up with great financial ideas sometimes the mental health professional might come up with a great a uh, legal idea. And so the, the beauty of this process is your team is working for the benefit of the family, and everybody's weighing in on ideas and solutions.
0: And, and as a financial professional or the MHP, the mental health professional communications person in the case, you are not working for one side or the other. This is a you 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 take a neutral position, right?
1: That is correct. For example, if Sarah is representing a client, that client can go to Sarah and get some good legal advice as an advocate for that client. But then mental health professional and the financial professional, what I like to tell clients is we are there for you as your neutral, but we are also here to protect the process. So the in the case of the financial professional like myself, I really help clients understand everything from a um, education and transparency perspective and so there everybody's getting educated enough with this up to speed with the same documents same information it's transparent and then as the financial professional i'm dedicated to protecting the collaborative pr- process itself by being by representing those two clients
0: so sarah how is the role of an attorney different in a collaborative case versus in a litigation case
2: Well, all of the participants, all of the team, sign a collaborative law participation agreement, and we are agreeing to form a settlement team on behalf of the clients. So in this collaborative process, if for any reason the matter falls out of the collaborative process, clients have to retain new attorneys uh, to litigate the case. So everybody is committed to the process, and In a normal case, or I should say in a litigation case that's non-collaborative, the attorney would not have any contact with the opposing party. But in the collaborative process, we have usually a series of joint meetings uh, and then off meetings as well. But in the joint meetings, both parties are present and both attorneys. And there's a cooperative and friendly uh, atmosphere among the team and so you are getting to see the other party, to speak with the party as need be, and uh, and you are not advocating um, in an oppositional way, but you're working toward achieving the mutual interests that both of the parties have.
0: And I've, I've heard that one of the ways that you get to those interests is that you have some conversations early on about what each party's goals are.
1: That's, that's correct. Actually, developing interest is initially an uh, exercise for the clients, and what they hope to achieve in the process. But we as the team and the professionals are always look, looking and listening for what we like to call unidentified interests. And so it's our job as a team to think about some of the things the clients are saying and what might be important to them. And then we can help that client identify that interest and raise it to the team so that as we go through the process and start to develop options around parenting plans and uh, co-parenting options as well as financial division, we're honoring our clients' interests.
0: So, Jennifer, I'm also curious to, to talk a little more about the work that you will actually do as the financial professional What do you do uh, in gathering the information and sort of creating some different kinds of understandings of financial options?
1: Yeah, I like to tell people the gathering part of the information feels like a paper death by a lot of paper cuts process. If anybody's gone through a home mortgage lending process, it's a lot of gathering of data, information statements and balances and understanding the client's financial picture in its entirety. And then the real work comes in around making sure our both parties feel really educated as to what they own and owe and what that means to them as they want, as they might and consider choosing different option assets in the division. So we really educate on the what you own and what you owe. And then we really help clients understand what money flows into the family and how it's being spent. So it's it's a very um, a very unique way of helping families look at what what it is that they've acquired and accumulated in their marriage and how to divide those assets in divorce so that each party can live sustainably moving forward. Because what we say, our process all the time, is if you're worried about how to put groceries on your table and secure your health insurance, you're not going to be a present parent to your children. So as much as we love our clients, we're kind of in it for the kids.
0: (laughs) And then, you know, the, the other thing I've heard is that you are projecting that future, of here's some different budgetary models, right?
1: That's that's accurate. And it, that's another unique aspect of collaborative that you don't really find in the traditional divorce process is that sustainability, financial sustainability aspect of looking at the different options on ways to divide an estate that is sustainable for both parents or both parties.
0: Okay. And so then Sarah, if if Jennifer's doing all of that work. And the, uh, and the mental health professional is working on parenting plans and uh, the kinds of things that they're doing uh, to facilitate communication, then you are doing what?
2: Well, part, part of what's very nice about the collaborative process is the clients are only being billed for what is being done. Sometimes, They'll express concern that, oh, my goodness, I have four professionals on this case. You know what? How can we afford this? Well, we only use people in an efficient manner. So, yes, all four professionals might be in on a meeting or a a teleconference when all are needed for a joint meeting. But there can be other off meetings. For example, my client could be meeting with Jennifer so that she could understand the finances better. Um, And the other attorney may have a separate meeting with their client, you know, with Jennifer. So in those cases, you're not paying both attorneys, you're not paying the mental health professional. And there are some periods where, for example, if it's a property only case and the clients have gone through that gathering stage, I may be talking to my client about what materials, you know, kind of reinforcing the things that they need to gather uh, for the financial professional. But also, we're talking about the process and we're already starting to talk about some possible goals, even though we don't formally get into the option generating stage of the process until the financial professional has finished the spreadsheet in a pretty workmanlike way, where he or she doesn't think there are missing assets or debts and that everybody seems pretty comfortable that all the assets and debts have been identified. So that's when we do the actual formal brainstorming and, gen- and option generating. But I can still, as in any other case, be getting to know my client, be getting to know more intimately what their interests are and what their concerns are, and offering as much advice as they need through the process.
1: And I think to Sarah's point, if you have two financial people discussing money matters and two uh, child specialists discussing parenting matters, that really raises costs in the traditional process. Even though you, th- it's daunting to look at this team of professionals at the table, everybody's really kind of managing their own parades on their own streets to help coordinate a, a final effort.
0: So we're doing this um, um, podcast today in uh, uh, advance of Divorce with Respect Week, which is coming up uh, March 4th through 8th. Uh, And part of that is that people have the opportunity to talk to an attorney or a mental health professional or a financial professional uh, with a free consultation uh, during that time. So, uh, Sarah, for someone preparing for their first conversation about the possibility of divorce,
2: uh, how should they prepare? Well, I usually advise a client Uh, or have my paralegal, you know, instruct a potential client that they should write down all questions they have about the process. They should, uh, we usually send them some basic intake information. So, of course, we're aware of things like, are there children and what are the ages of the children? Uh, We usually send out a preliminary asset questionnaire too. But I would be asking the uh, potential client to think about the assets and debts Raise their questions that they have, uh, which everybody comes with a slew of questions when they're coming to a first divorce consultation. To let me know if there are children and what their concerns are about the children, where the children are living, that sort of thing. So, in general, we try to get an assessment at that first meeting of you know what are the parent-child terms and circumstances if there are children. Uh, What are the general kind of property parameters? What assets are we looking at? Do we have things that may need to be specially appraised, such as uh, a piece of real estate or potentially a family business. So coming, you know, garnered with as many questions as the client has helps a lot. And then, of course, as the client goes through uh, and explaining things, you know, to me, I I always ask additional questions or may ask for additional information. but, But that information gathering process is actually a good thing to start with immediately when you're thinking about uh, even a consultation, even if you choose not to proceed with the process.
0: Yeah. And Jennifer, if somebody's going to sit down with you with questions, financial questions about a divorce, how should they prepare for that conversation with you?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and you really make excellent use of the time with your professionals if you can sit down and think about all the things you have acquired financially as a, in a marriage, um, your home your bank accounts, your checking accounts, get a list together of those, your investment accounts, your retirement, do you own crypto, where where, where is it located, Uh, what kind of cars are you driving, get the years and make some models on those, try to get a feel for what it is that you have acquired as a family. And that would really help both professionals, candidly, get a feel for uh, what it is we're talking about, dividing in the in the divorce so i tell people as simple as just sitting down with a legal pad and writing out all the things that you own in and then additionally the credit cards that you owe on or your student loans or your mortgage statements all the all the things you owe that really helps the professionals get a broad understanding of how to um what kind of estate we're talking about and the complexity of the estate all right
0: Jennifer, Sarah, thank you for joining us today for the Respectful Divorce Podcast. We appreciate your being here today.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim.
0: Uh, this reminder that the 2024 Divorce with Respect Week is March 4th through 8th. For more information, go to divorcewithrespectweek.com. I'm Tim Kraut reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.